Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. The Green Bay Packers have some serious work to do. The Packers opened their season with a whimper Sunday, getting blasted by the Minnesota Vikings. Will the Packers be able to get back on track? just like they did last season after being crushed by the Saints in the season opener. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Rob scintillating Packers podcast. <laughs> scintillating is our word, isn't it, Gary? That, that's going to be the, uh, the go-to word for the, <laughs> uh, for the season. There's just a ton of things to talk about in regards to the uh, Packers Vikings game, but, I'll tell you what, there are two things right off the bat that stood out to me. And uh, that was the coaching on the part of the, or the lack of coaching on the part of the Packers defensively. You know, I mean, he didn't have to be a football genius to realize that they didn't game plan for Justin Jefferson. It was an absolute joke. No, yeah, you're, you're spot on. And First two years in the league, Gary Jefferson has over 3,000 yards. It's, it's the most ever by, by a guy in, in his first two years. Green Bay's seen him four times. You, you, you would think they would know it's, you know, when you, when you talk about the best receivers in the game, Gary, it's, it's Jefferson, it's, it's Cooper Cup, it's Jamar Chase, it's Devontae Adams, right? It's, it's probably those four that are at the head of the class. And, you know, it, it was really interesting after the game, Gary, you know, Jair Alexander said he had been begging all week to Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, to line up and, and follow Jefferson the whole game. Green Bay plays a lot of zone concepts and a lot of zone just in general in back, Gary. So had they done that, it was, you know, that they were going to have to abandon that type of defense. But, but my God, you know, you, you look at it afterwards, you know, Gary, what did Jefferson end up? I think nine for 184 and two touchdowns. How they couldn't shadow him or Gary at least shadow him on third downs. Where where he did the overwhelming majority of his damage with with a with a stud like Jair Alexander. I mean, you, you just gave the guy Alexander that is the highest paid contract in NFL history for a cornerback. Yep. So so trust him. Let him go shadow everybody else's studs. Right. If 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 you see the Rams at times, let them follow Cup. At times, you know, if if, if you would see the Bengals again, let them let them follow Chase, et cetera, et cetera. Whoever, whoever everybody else's best is, you've got to put Jair on him, on those guys from at least time to time, Gary, and, and then trust that your other cornerbacks who are both very good players. I mean, let, let, let's not downplay that fact. Stokes and Douglas are, you know, both in probably the top 30 in the NFL. So lining them up against, you know, a guy like KJ Osborne or somebody like that or Thielen is, is not going to be the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. Matchups that Minnesota can go and take advantage of. And Gary, that that approach that Joe Barry took, the approach that the Packers took, blew up in their face. It it cost them. Jefferson lit him up. You know, he he was far and away the best player in the football game, and 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 it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have been that easy for him because there were times, Gary, where there were blown coverages in the back, and and Jefferson was just running free all by himself. That you know you 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 would have you would have thought he never showed up on Green Bay scouting report. It was it was an absolute embarrassment the way Green Bay covered him. And, uh, you know, Joe Barry, who got a lot of love at the end of last season, 
Gary, um, after kind of a rough start to the season, certainly is going to have to answer a lot of questions again as, as to what the heck happened on Sunday. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it, it made absolutely no sense. I mean, you and I could have figured out, you know, going to the game, what do you want to do? Well, we want to take, or at least try to take Jefferson out of the equation. I mean, he's by far their best player on offense, you know, game, game changer, et cetera. But there are times, like you pointed out, he was matched up against safeties. He was going against Savage. He was going against uh, Adrian Amos. Those guys can't stay with him. Gary, there was one snap he was lined up opposite of Preston Smith. Yes, yes. I mean, it was it was just a joke. I mean, I, well, I Gary, know. it was a coaching mismatch. I mean, for for O'Connell to do what he did in in the opener there and absolutely make Joe Barry look look silly and foolish. Major kudos to the Vikings and, and their offensive coaching staff because they moved him around. Gary, he had he had over ninety yards in the slot and he had over ninety yards on the outside. And, mm. and I think the stat I read was that he was the first guy to, to do that in 30 years or whatever, whatever the, the case was. I mean, it, they, they moved him all over the field. They found matchups they liked and, and they took full advantage. And, you know, if, if Jair Gary is shadowing him from start to finish, is Jefferson going to get him from time to time? Of course, Jefferson's that good, but so is Jair. And, and I can guarantee you Gary, or I certainly would bet, bet the house that Jefferson wasn't going to finish nine one eighty four and two against Jair Alexander matched up. Yeah, that, that was uh, Randy Moss all over again, right? <laughs> Remember when Moss went crazy against that one game? I mean, oh, I, I do, right? I, I think that was the third or fourth game of the ninety eight season when when Moss was a rookie, and and you know Green Bay didn't have corners then, Gary, like they have now. You remember then the following draft, Ron Wolf used his first three picks on corners. Just to That's take, right. it, you know, just just to slow down Randy Moss inside the division. Yeah. I mean, it was the, you know, one of the ultimate things of respect I, I think I've ever seen by a general manager do when Wolf went and, and did that to match up with Moss. But you know, the corners he had in '98, Green Bay, they were not Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and and Rasul Douglas. So for for that to happen against this much ballyhoo defense, this this highly regarded this this defense, everybody's been raving and yipping and yapping about Gary all summer and throwing them parades and, you know, putting bouquets at their feet before they ever took a snap. That defense, Gary, was lit up for 400 yards the other day, and, and, and it could have been worse, I think, if Minnesota wasn't trying to run clock in the fourth quarter. So uh, that unit's got a ton of work to do. Unfortunately for Green Bay, Gary, I think they have more work to do on offense. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, that was my next point is shoddy of – a game plan they had defensively. I thought their offensive game plan was, was hor- equally horrible. You know, it was brought up, you know, during the game, after the game, about the lack of touches Aaron Jones got. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You got one of the, what, top 10, top 12 running backs in the league, and he gets five touches. I mean, doesn't make any sense again, you know? And what really was interesting was yet uh, Monday, LaFleur brought it up during his press conference, and you could tell he wasn't happy, like the rest of Packer Nation wasn't happy either. But isn't LaFleur really the guy who's at fault for this? I mean, doesn't he have the final say in what calls are going to be made? And, or was it Rodgers changing the call, you know, in the, in the course of the game, or Stenovich not making the proper calls? I, I don't know where the blame lies, but 
that the bottom line, and it was just a shabbily formulated game plan. Gary, we're never going to get the full answer and explanation on those questions you asked until Matt LaFleur writes a book. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll write it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But you, you understand my point. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we know we know Aaron Rodgers is changing a, a percentage of the plays that, you know, from run to pass, because that's just who Aaron Rodgers is. What we're never going to know, and Matt LaFleur is never going to tell us, because he doesn't want that rift to develop between him and the quarterback, is what percentage of plays are being changed at the line of scrimmage. But, Gary, if I told you coming into that game, no Alan Lazard, you're already operating without Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, your other top two of the three wide receivers from, from a year ago. So, really, you don't have your top three wideouts from a year ago, and, and you're lining up with a bunch of veterans that are over the hill and a bunch of rookies who you know, don't always seem to know what they're doing. Wouldn't you have guessed they'd run the ball at least 50% of the time, maybe more? Absolutely. Far and away their best weapons being the two running backs. And Gary, they threw the ball 69% of the time. I know. They ran at 31%. I mean, un, just, just unbelievable numbers. Now, again, how much of that is Lafleur? How much of that is Rodgers? We're never going to know. Gary, I'm guessing just based on his track record and his history from his other stops, Matt LaFleur wants to be a 50-50 guy as much as possible. He did it in Tennessee. He did it with the Rams. You know, when, when, he, when he's had his fingers on offenses at various times, you know, prior to his arrival in Green Bay, Gary, those were 50-50 operations. In fact, I think the last team he had in Tennessee before he got to Green Bay, the Derrick Henry, you know, led Titans that year were like 52-48, where they actually, where actually ran the ball more than they threw it, Gary. And, you know, he's been about 60-40 run to pass in Green Bay. And like I said the other day, he's almost 70% with that makeshift group of wide receivers and they largely ignore their, their best two weapons on the offense in, in, in Jones and Dylan. I mean, Gary Aaron Jones averaged 9.8 yards a carry five carries, 49 yards. I mean, just, just remarkable that he didn't have 15 touches. He, Gary, he could have had a buck 50 at the, at the yeah. pace he was going. And even for Dylan to only have 10 carries, you know, he was hammering away 45 yards himself, had the touchdown. He should have had 20 carries and, and probably would have pushed a hundred yards himself. That was a game, Gary, where they needed to keep the ball away from cousins and, and Jefferson and, and cook and that offense. And, and their best way to do it was to get that offensive line, which was overmatched Gary. We, we, we saw it, you know, with, with the way the Vikings put pressure on Rodgers all day, but Green Bay's line was overmatched, at least in the passing game. If they could have got that offensive line, Gary, moving forward instead of backwards and hammering away at the Vikings front in the run game, instead of always being on their heels, trying to pass block and keep 12 clean, maybe that game would have been a little bit different. I told you last week, though, it's it's tough for, for a team like Green Bay to not play their people all summer and then think they're going to show up in week one and look good and win a football game. And I know Minnesota did the same thing for the most part, Gary, but you know what? Adam Thielen's been around a long time. Justin Jefferson's been around a long time. Um, Irv Smith's been around a long time. Those major weapons in the Vikings passing game are miles ahead of where these young guys are in green Bay right now, the Watsons, the dubs, even Tunyon coming back from his ACL is behind yeah, a little bit. Great point, Gary. So, you know, Green Bay needed some work in the summer. And, um, you know, not just preseason, Gary, they needed it in May and June too, and that's on the quarterback. The quarterback decided not to show up in May and June. 
Uh, he was off finding himself and, you know, doing his Aaron Rodgers interspe- you know, searching for answers to life kind of nonsense that, that he's always up to. Um, you know, he, Gary, he's got February, March, April to do that. And really the way things have gone lately, he's got half of January as well. Um, and he needs in, in a year like this, Gary, where they bring in completely new people for him. He needed to be there in the stuff that was voluntary. I know he's going to tell you that he was there for the mandatory stuff that ended up being two or three days of practice, Gary. He was not there for a ton of the work in the off season where he could have developed a little bit of chemistry with, with a Watson, with a dubs. Um, Gary, after that Watson dropped to start the football game, you know, he, he just ignored him until the fourth quarter late. I think it was that's three, what I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I thought for sure he would come back to him at some point, but not so late. I, I thought like yeah. okay, maybe after a couple series or whatever, but uh, I, and I don't know if that was Rogers intention. Do you think he did it intentionally not to go to him? Yeah. It, it, everything with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, you, you can make what you will of this, Gary. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, is you need to have you need to be in his inner circle of trust, right? To, you know, to to have him throw you the football. And right now, he trusts Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. Well, guess what? Every time you throw them the ball, you're probably looking at a maximum maximum gain, Gary, of about eight yards. There's just no pop or explosiveness to either one of those players, really. That's left. So you're working between the hash marks, short, intermediate stuff over the middle. Guys like Watson and Dubs can can hurt people on the outside. Now, are, are there going to be some growing pains as they go, like the drop to start the game? Absolutely. That's where this organi- organization is right now, Gary, after Devontae Adams was traded in the offseason. But guess what, Gary? Adams isn't coming walking through that door again anytime soon. He's not on the roster like he was last year to help save the day after that stinker they had in, in New Orleans in week, in week one. So, it, you know, sooner rather than later, Rodgers is just going to have to say, screw it and trust these guys. And if he has a few more picks this year, Gary, if, if his, if his QBR is down, if his passer rating is down, if his completion percentage is down because he doesn't have that chemistry working right now with these young guys, that's life because, because Gary, it's going to pay off for this team, you know, later on in the season, if he trusts some of these guys now, or at least gives them more opportunities, I'm telling you, Gary, if he thinks they're going into a playoff game with Lazard, Watkins, and uh, Watson. and Cobb as his, as his top three wide okay. receivers, and they're going to be Tampa Bay or, or Minnesota or Philadelphia or whoever it winds up being, not a chance. They'll never score enough points. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, yeah. I'm a huge uh, Gutekunst fan, but I, I think he's screwed up here royally unless he's got this master plan of picking up a veteran receiver you know, late in the season, but uh, I, I'm sorry that that receiving core is, <laughs> is mediocre at best, but, you know, getting back to uh, uh, Jones, I could have understood if the Packers didn't have some games that they could have looked back on and said, Hey, you know what? When Aaron Jones isn't involved in the offense, we have trouble. I mean, you'll get some of their losses and it was, it, it was a case where Aaron Jones, you know, wasn't getting the touches. To me, it's like you would have thought they would have learned their lesson and said, hey, we got to use Aaron Jones. And for whatever reason, they didn't. Well, you know what it reminded me of, Gary? It reminded me of 2017 and 2018 when Mike McCarthy was the coach and he'd give Jamal Williams 17 touches a game and he might have 55 yards and average three, 3.4 yards a carry or whatever it was. And then he, 
And then he'd give Aaron Jones the ball eight times and Jones would run for 80 yards. Yeah. And, and he was completely underutilized with McCarthy. I think LaFleur had figured out over the last couple of years, kind of a really nice uh, balance in terms of giving him enough work during the regular season, but then keeping him fresh for the postseason because that was the knock on Aaron Jones early in his career. Both of those first two years in the league, he, he finished the season on IR. Hasn't been the case the last three years. Um, I mean, Gary, he's in the top 10 in NFL history in yards per carry. I mean, think of that. The, the Jim Browns of the world are in that category. The, the Walter Paytons, the Emmett Smiths, the Barry Sanders. And then you've got Aaron Jones in there as well. I mean, that's how explosive and dynamic this kid is. And for him to get five carries was, like you said, a thousand percent inexcusable on Lafleur. Again, is some of that on Rodgers? I'm sure it is. Rodgers is changing plays at the line. He's a pass-happy quarterback, and, and he sees some things sometimes that, that he likes and, and he'll go to. But we're at a point now, I think, Gary, with this football team, and it's not going to be easy because at 39 years old almost, which is where Aaron Rodgers is, he doesn't want to change. He doesn't like change. Gary, you and I are older than that. And we, we, you know how it is. None of us like change. And <laughs> we like it less and less the older we get. Yeah. Rodgers is not going to want change. But here's what's going to have to happen, Gary, for this offense to work. Rodgers is going to have to trust the, the plays that the head coach sends in, and he's going to have to run them. And, and that's probably going to mean 50% run plays, 50% pass, and leaning more heavily on Jones and Dillon and a defense and Aaron Rodgers at the end of the year, Gary might throw for, you know, with that scenario and with that, you know, method of trying to operate offensively, Aaron Rodgers might throw for 25 touchdowns this year, Gary, instead of 45, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is what he's used to. But, but if they win 13 games or 11 or 12 and, and win the North by taking that approach and, and without question, Gary, I think that is their best approach right now. Uh, by a mile instead of throwing to, you know, a bunch of washed up veterans and, and rookies. I think that approach will win them football games. The Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers approach of changing whatever it is, let's call it, you know, one out of every four plays at the line of scrimmage and winging the ball around the yard to, to some of these players that, that they're lining up on the outside, Gary, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, uh, we're ripping on the offense, but I will say, I was absolutely ecstatic that on the very first play of the game, they threw a bomb. I don't know if you remember this, Rob. A couple of years ago, we were talking about, you know, kind of uh, taking a little different approach offensively. And uh, I, I, I hearken back to the Lombardi years. And you weren't even born, were you? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was okay. But you know what? Lombardi was known as being an ultra-conservative coach. Despite winning, you know, consistently, people are ripping on the guy for just running right near the ball. Well, every once in a while, he would come out and throw a bomb on the very first play. (laughs) And more often than not, it worked. So when this happened Sunday against the Vikings, I'm going, oh, my goodness. You know, this is awesome because we haven't really seen that maybe what one time since uh, LaFleur has become the head coach, but um, I mean, they, they were just inches away from making that, you know, big time play. Well, they were, and you wonder what direction the game could have gone. Precisely. You know, I, 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 st- I still think Minnesota was the better team Sunday and was going to win the game, no matter what, if Watson mm-hmm. holds on to that. But, but Gary, you know, my first thought was, and I think Christian Watson's going to have a really good career. I, I really do. And, and you saw flashes of that on Sunday, but could we get to January 
and I know this is total gloom and doom, uh, dark side outlook on things, Gary, but could, could, they, could this team end up 10 and seven, nine and eight, average 21 points a game on offense instead of 33, like, like we're used to seeing. And, and we kind of, and we kind of are sitting here in January saying, you know what, that first play of the season was indicative and telling where this year was going to go. I mean, that, that, that was kind of my first thought Mm -hmm. um, when, when, when he dropped that pass and, you know, I I know he's getting beat up on all over the place, whatever. I mean, everybody drops balls. It was unfortunate for Watson. It was the first ball of his, of his career. And, and I think someday we'll look back and, 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 and we'll say, and we'll kind of laugh when, when the kid leaves green Bay with 80 touchdowns in his career, whatever the number winds up being, I think he's going to be a really good football player, but, um, but I just wonder Gary, because I look up and down this roster and, and, and I don't see a ton of answers on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than if you change philosophical approaches, which is what they're going to need to do and become a run first football team um, to them having the same level of success on offense or even close to it as they've had the overwhelming majority of Aaron Rodgers' career that Gary, this could be an offense, you know, that winds up in the twenties somewhere in, in several major statistical categories, you know, the yards, the, the, you know, points per game, et cetera, et cetera. If, if they don't get some things figured out and, and to me, the most glaring way to take care of this is, is to give Dylan the ball 20 times and, and Jones, the ball 15 and, and throw Jones another seven passes and Dylan five mm-hmm. um, and, and just lean on those two horses and, and move the ball up and down the field that way. Um, because Gary, you saw it the other day, Randall Cobb's not beating anybody over the top. When Rogers tried to go downtown to him on the one play, it was, you know, it was a relatively easy interception. Um, Sammy Watkins isn't going to stretch a defense. Uh, Jawan Winfrey, who was brought up from the practice squad, isn't going to do it. It's, it's going to be the young rookies. Rogers doesn't trust those guys. And, and we'll see how much, you know, how many opportunities he gives them. Uh, when Lazard comes back, which, which could be as early as Sunday, Gary, does he start seeing 15 targets a game because Rogers trusts him? Maybe. I mean, that that's just how Rogers has worked, you know, in, in the past throughout his career. But, but again, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers just, just has to understand and, and it's, it's going to be a tough sell for Matt LaFleur, but their best way to be, let, let's call it an offense. That's even at, at the level of a B Gary, because what yeah. we saw the other day was a D minus or an F, but let's say for them to get up to a B because they're not going to be an A this season. But for them to get up to a B, it's going to have to be relying heavily on the running backs and Rodgers trusting, not even trusting, but Rodgers giving these young receivers opportunities, Gary, that later in the season, it'll really pay off for this football team. Relying heavily right now on Cobb and Sammy Watkins just just isn't going to get it done. And it's certainly not going to get it done in the postseason because Gary, the, the standard in green Bay is super bowls, right? Nobody, nobody cares if you win the NFC North anymore. Nobody cares if you have a home playoff game, all that matters is what you do in January. And Gary, the only way they're going to beat some of these elite teams in the NFC is to get these young rookies to grow up as quick as possible and to get every ounce possible out of Dylan's Dylan and Jones. You know, Rob, I, I mentioned to you how that first play of the game reminded me of Lombardi. Well, when uh, Watson dropped the ball, it reminded me of Brent Fullwood. <laughs> fumbled the first that? kickoff of his life, didn't he? Huh? Didn't he fumble the first kickoff of his, of his life? It, it, it was incredible in, in his first yeah. NFL game. Now, Brent Fullwood was really a highly touted running back coming out. He played at Auburn. 
and maybe finished like fifth or sixth in the Heisman, right? And he was supposed to be a big-time running back for the Packers. Well, in his first NFL game, he's back there as a kick returner, right? Yep. He returns it 98 yards, and, I mean, the place is going crazy, and you think, wow, the Packers got a superstar, right? He fumbles the ball, and it goes out of the end zone. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know – this is very similar. Here, here's Watson, you know, having a chance to make a you know name for himself on the his very first play of uh, his pro career, and uh, let it literally uh, slip away. But well, I'm going to make a prediction, Gary. I didn't, my prediction is Watson will have a much better career in the NFL than Brent Full would ever did. Um, you know, you know what's it, and I agree with you, but you know that Brent Fullwood actually made the Pro Bowl one year. <laughs> I mean, it's and, crazy, I, but it, and, and if memory serves me, Gary, I mean, I think he had three to four thousand rushing yards as a Packer. I mean, he wasn't, but I think it was the fourth pick in the draft, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, he, like I said, you, he was you really certainly high. expect you know more than that. But Fullwood had a lot to overcome. If I remember right, his Wonderlick score was four. You know, Christian Watson's was thirty-seven. Um, a yeah. little bit of a difference there. I mean. Christian Watson's got a higher wonder lick than Aaron Rodgers, which I think, which probably bugs Aaron Rodgers, Gary. So I'm sure it does. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll want it. He'll want He'll want a retest. But I, I'll tell you what. Despite the drop, that kid has a huge upside. I, I totally agree with you. He'll have a much better career than Brent Fullwood. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he came back uh, this Sunday against the Bears and had a huge game already. Everybody, well, the, quarter, the quarterback's got to throw him the football, though, Gary. Sure, sure, Abs- absolutely. <laughs> you know, every, everybody is making the comparison with Jordy Nelson. This kid is so graceful in his moves. I mean, you know, Jordy was kind of, kind of a lumbering guy. You know, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, he wasn't the, the smoothest runner, but this kid, man, he, he just blew by. What's his name, Pat uh, Patrick Peterson. Peterson? Yeah, and uh, you know the. You're going to see more of that this year. I mean, it's inevitable. But well, he's uh, a four-three kid, Gary. I mean, he runs like the wind. He um, does. He you know, is so the, smooth. The thing that's interesting, Gary, about Jordy Nelson, he was pretty slow out of the gates those first ten or fifteen yes. yards. Yeah. But once Jordy got it cranked up, he could really fly because he was a long strider. He really got some separation in that second level. It was it was those early yards, you know, that he he had he had to get things cranked up. Watson just flies from the get go. Um, he like you said he's. He's just such a naturally gifted runner and, and, and sprinter. And, and no, and, and that's something Green Bay should take advantage of, Gary. I mean, it's, it needs to be in the arsenal to, you know, to, to keep eight men out of the box, to, to keep defenses honest. I mean, they, they could go to that twice a game and try mm-hmm. to take, tri- take exactly. the top off exactly. with, 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 with a guy like Watson, the way, the way he runs. And it, it'll loosen up everything for, you know, for the rest of those guys on, on offense. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I would look for that a lot more, you know, as, as, as the season progresses. But but the thing that's nice about Watson, Gary, too, is, you know, I, I, I do think he's pretty uh, – he, he's he's a reasonable, you know, way through the route, route tree right now. There's there's a handful of things he can run. He's, he's not just a one-trick pony. You remember Corey Bradford? All he could do was run deep. Yeah, and, yeah. And about – and about twice a game, Favre would just chuck it up for him 50 <laughs> yards downfield and, and hope he either caught it or they draw the pass interference play. You know, Watson, Watson's much uh, more advanced on his rope tree than a guy like that, uh, like Corey Bradford ever was. So, uh, what? no, I, I think Watson's going to turn into a really good player. 
my guess, Gary, though, and I've, I've said this since the draft, it's, it's probably not going to be in 2022. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, Nobody questions his uh, speed and athleticism, but what's going to be questioned going forward is whether he can catch the ball, consistently catch the ball, and his toughness, you know, because he's going to get hit. And I I don't think he's the strongest wide receiver out there. No. I think he's got, you know, some uh, physical work to do. But, man, I'll tell you what, I I can see why the Packers took him now. he's, He's intriguing. I'm with you, Gary. So, anyways, uh, getting back to Mr. Rogers, anything that uh, caught your eye about Sunday's game with him? Did you think he played any differently than in the past? I'll be honest with you. I thought he would he would have a big-time game against that, the Vikings. Remember last week we had Chris Thomason, the, uh, yep. Yep. the writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and when I asked him, I said, if you were attacking – the Vikings, how would you do it? And he said he'd go right at their cornerbacks. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think a receiver had a catch in the uh, in the first half, did they? Or maybe one? Yeah, I, I, I'd have to go back and, and look that up again. I, I, I do know all their, all their receivers combined, Gary, finished, and I think there were six of them that caught footballs, finished with fewer, fewer yards receiving than Devontae Adams all by himself. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a mishmash unit, Gary, and 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 that's what I said to Chris last week. Kind of on on my counterpoint is, you know, Chris was exactly right. The the weak spot of Minnesota's defense is the corners, and and opposing offenses would love to attack that. But this isn't the Green Bay offense anymore. You know where you're lining up with with Donald Driver and Greg Jennings and and Jordy Nelson and James Jones and Randall Cobb. I mean, when Cobb was your five, remember the one year. Yeah. This is. This is a group now that doesn't have a number one. And I'll be honest, Gary, none of these guys would be a number two in, in a lot of cities. They None of these guys would be a two in Minnesota. None of these guys would be a two probably in, in Tampa Bay or Philadelphia or, you know, even, even San Francisco, right, with uh, with Debo and Ayuk. And, you know, I could go on and on there, Gary, but it's the, the end of the day, it's a, it's, a, it's a bottom five receiving group in football right now. The, the potential to get, you know, near the middle of the pack is all based on what the rookies do. But, but Gary, the veterans that are 30, 31, 32 years old are not going to save the day in 2022. Gary, I, I just, I didn't think Rogers was very good just in, in general. Again, it, it looked a lot to me like the San Francisco playoff game, which is, which is our last recollection and, and memory of, of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, as his passer rating was 41, Gary. His QBR was 16, which are dreadfully low numbers. Um, I thought he got impatient and irritated at, at one point in time and tried to take the deep shot to Cobb, which was a ridiculously bad matchup for Green Bay, for, for Cobb to try to go win a deep 50-50 ball at, at five foot nine. I mean, give me give me a break. If if you're throwing that up there, right, for for Watson or whatever, who's six three, that that's a different story. But you know. Not not an undersized Randall Cobb on a on a on a deep go route. So no, I I I thought he held the ball too long, Gary. I think he was sacked four times, at least two, maybe three of those are on Rodgers. The line wasn't very good, but uh, Rodgers needs to get the ball out quicker. Um, he's still holding it like he's got 
you know, TJ Lang and Josh sitting blocking for him. And, and he doesn't Gary. Um, he, exactly. he's, he's got some journeymen now or, or some guys up front that are young and, and haven't proven it. And until they get Bakhtiari back until they get Jenkins back, um, the line's going to be a, a question mark, a little bit of a mishmash unit. They weren't particularly good on, on Sunday, but Rogers needs to rise above that for the offense to, to have a chance. It's two straight years, Gary. He's been bad in the opener. And, and I think the questions are extremely fair. Does he need to be there in the off season? Does he need to play a little bit in the preseason? Because they had three points last year in new Orleans. They had seven in this game. The, the last two season openers combined, Gary, they've been outscored 61 to 10. You yeah. know, that's just absolutely dreadful. And a lot of that is on Aaron Rodgers. Um, they bounced back last year, Gary, obviously, and won seven in a row. And, and the game they lost, Rodgers didn't play because he was out with COVID. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I don't, I, the, the schedule's not overly daunting coming up, but this just doesn't feel like a team that that's capable of going on, you know, a seven game winning streak, a five game winning streak with some of the questions that are enormous questions right now. I, I think last year there was enough, you know, there was enough talent in the wide receiver room and, and probably enough trust on, on the offense that they could get things figured out quickly and, 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 and the number one way they did that Gary was, was Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams playing catch half of these games, right. Where, yeah. where it was, was a little bit like Jordan and Pippen, which, which they love to compare themselves to, even though it was six rings to one um, in, in that equation. But uh, no, it, that, that's how green Bay, you know, got its offense rolling last year. I'm not sure how they do it this year, Gary, you know, with, with Adams now being in, in Las Vegas, where, where do the answers come from? It, it's probably got to be spread out and up and down the roster because there's not just one guy like Devontae Adams who they're going to target, you know, 10 or 12 times a game anymore uh, sitting on that roster. Yeah, you know, what, what has to be concerning to the Packers is their lack of productivity on offense. I mean, not only Sunday, but if you go back to last year's playoff game against the 49ers, the offense was nowhere to be found. And uh, who would have ever thunk that uh, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers-led offense couldn't generate at least, you know, 26 to 30 points a game. You know, I, I'm very curious to see where this offense goes against the Bears on Sunday. To me, it's like they need to show that they can score points again. You know, uh, like I, I mentioned, the last two games, they haven't done that, so. Well, Gary, I have a hunch they're going to steamroll Chicago. You know, that, that line's nine or nine and a half, and, and I would jump all over it. And Exactly. Uh, I agree with you, Rob. I, I can see that being 33-10 or something like that as they get as Green Bay gets healthy on Sunday night against a Bears team that I'm sure feels pretty good to be one and all. If we're sitting here doing this in a week, and let's say Green Bay wins 20-17 to 17 in ugly fashion or somehow even loses the game to Chicago, um, and, and they can't get anything done against that Bears defense, Gary, then there's some enormous problems. They figured some stuff out pretty quickly a year ago and, and really got rolling, although it took them until the second half of the Detroit game. If you remember, that, that was week two, when they, and I think they were, they were losing that game on a, you know, on a Monday night at home at, at halftime, Gary, last year, um, and then they got rolling in, in the second half. Gary, if, if, if they don't get it rolling against Chicago – now, so, so here's the schedule then the next, the next month at Tampa Bay, which is going to be a beast, you know, New England at home, you know, Belichick will play pretty good defense, but then it gets soft. It's giants, jets, Washington. 
Although I think two of those three teams did win their opener. Um, but on paper, Gary, it looks like a pretty soft schedule. They should be able to, to start figuring some things out against those defenses and get healthy. But Gary, if they're a month into the season and they're averaging 18 and a half points a game or something like that, there's going to be huge reason for concern because, you know, the second half of that schedule gets, gets, gets certainly a little bit more tricky when, you know, when, when Buffalo shows up on it. Right. And there's, there's some other people that, that are on there. I think, you know, the saints that play again, I, it's just, it, it's going to be tricky, Gary, you know, for them. Oh, the Eagles are on there. Um, you know, so they've, they've got to get some stuff figured out and, and figured out quickly, Gary, like, you know, like I said, if they, if, if we're sitting here doing this in a week, and, and, and they look ugly again against the Bears. I, you continue to talk about Brian Gutekunst adding a wide receiver at some point here, you know, before the NFL trading deadline. And, and I love your optimism, but I'll be honest, I roll my eyes because every, you know, Packer Nation goes crazy every single year, Gary. And, and, they, and they hope and they pray and, you know, and, and, they, and they beg for Green Bay to do something at the trading deadline. And, and every year the deadline passes and, and Green Bay comes back the next day with the identical roster that they had the previous day. You know, it's the, Ted Thompson didn't do anything on the, you know, on the trade deadline. Brian Gutekunst hasn't. I, I can't remember, Gary, the last time the Packers made a move of significance, you know, with the, when, when the trade deadline rolls around. But, Gary, you know, if, if they are a month into the season and the offense still looks pretty stagnant and dreadful, you might be right. I mean, Gutekunst might have to push all his chips into the middle and say, that's fine. I'll give up a second-round pick. I'll give up a first-round pick. I'll, I'll give up two threes, whatever it turns out to be, to get a player back in Green Bay to try to elevate this offense. Because we are, we are at a point right now, Gary, where every single year Aaron Rodgers is year-to-year. Year. No and question. If, 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 if they don't quote unquote, go for it, you know, they're, they're doing everybody a disservice. I, I couldn't agree with you more again. Uh, my gut feeling is this is it for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just talked to a couple of people that, you know, know him in the last three, four months, and they didn't give me any indication that he was going to play beyond this year. Now, who knows? I mean, this is speculation every year, but, Kunikuns has to realize, hey, you know, we got one crack at this. I mean, legitimately, you know, Jordan Love might be a, a very good quarterback, but I guarantee you he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. They're built to win now, and uh, they, they got to address that wide receiver situation. So, hey, uh, speaking of the Bears, can you explain to me how they beat your team? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I didn't give the Bears a prayer on Sunday. And uh, speaking, of, speaking of Jordan Love, Trey Lance is not the answer. I, I'm going to go on record right now. I mean, I know he's going to get better. It was just one game. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, he doesn't throw the ball real well. At least he didn't Sunday. Um, his decision-making was questionable, and I, and I know he's young, but – the 49ers like the Packers are in a win now situation. And I thought the bears actually played them, you know, pretty well. So Gary, I mean, let's be honest. That's one of the five strangest weather games I remember in the last 25 years, right? It, it was I granted granted. Okay. It was. So, I mean, I'm not going to say it was fluky because both teams had to play through the nonsense and, and, and the downpour didn't happen until the second half, but, but San Francisco was up early. And I, I think the weather certainly changed some things in that football game. But to answer your question, no, I mean, I was getting texts in, in the first half of that game from, from friends of mine who despise the bears, Gary, and, 
and and they were telling me, and I even from a Bears fan or two, and and they were all telling me the same thing. They all they were all texting me and saying, "I wonder if Chicago wins a game this year." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sure enough, two hours later, they had won a football game, right? And and then all of a sudden, they're riding high and feeling good coming in into Green Bay. But boy, Gary, I, I watched the majority of that game. That they have they have even fewer weapons on offense than Green Bay, which is which oh. is, which is hard to do. So right totally now. agree. You know, a, a young quarterback who's, you know, being asked to mature and grow up with this hodgepodge group of players around him offensively. Although I do like the running back. I think Montgomery's really good. Um, but the wide receivers are bad. The tight end's very average. Uh, the line's not overly good. Um, they're they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to have to try to win with defense and takeaways. And, you know, Justin Fields ad-libbing and, you, you, you know, the, the finding a way to make a big play like he did on that first touchdown throw the other day, Gary, where he gets out of trouble and he finds a guy wide open on the right sideline for 60 mm-hmm. yards and exactly. touchdown or, or whatever the deal was, you know, they're going to have to improvise on stuff like that with, with fields and his, his rare natural athletic gifts. So Gary, at the end of the day, that that's going to be a five or six win football team. I'm guessing at best in Chicago, they're, they're in a total rebuild and, 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 and do it over with this, with this new front office and, and head coach, um, so that, I mean, that's why this shapes up really perfectly for Green Bay. You know, Chicago coming off a win, feeling awfully good about themselves all week in that building. Green Bay should be agitated like nobody's business, you know, having gotten smoked for the second year in a row uh, in the opener. And, um, you know, I, I would expect Green Bay to show up Sunday night, Gary, and, 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 and lay quite a bit of lay, lay a hurting on Chicago. Yeah, you know, Rob, the one thing that impressed me about the Bears was that they came into the game knowing that they had to shut down Debo Samuel. I mean, you, you don't shut down a guy of that talent, obviously, but you, you, you keep him in check. They did a great job. He had a couple really nice plays, but for the most part, he didn't, uh, you know, tilt, tilt the field at all. Unlike the Packers, you knew coming into the game, they had to, you know, uh, stop Jefferson. But uh, I, I thought the Bears, for whatever reason, the second half were just – a completely different team. I, I don't know what happened at halftime, but Fields looked like a legitimate NFL quarterback. And I've never said that before, but he, he started to look comfortable. He started making plays. And um, I, I know they're the Packers are huge favorites Sunday, nine and a half, like you said, but uh, they, they can't let Fields go crazy, you know, just uh, create things on his own and improvise. And they, they could have some problems then. Well, you think what a guy like Justin Fields being thrown into that situation, Gary, with without any real talent around him offensively, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of a lot like David Carr, you know, back in the year in those years with with Houston when he showed up, right, or Good Alex point. Smith yep. in in San Francisco when he took over the thirty second ranked offense in football. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is. Oh, has said forever, you know, he wanted to be the first pick in, in that draft, but you know, that old five draft, but at the same point in time, he's, he's acknowledged ever since then, you know, trying to go and win and, and mature and grow up and develop into a, a high level quarterback in San Francisco would have been nearly impossible with that offensive line back in the day. And, and those people around him, um, you know, and it, 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 it's largely what got Smith, you know, would I would say set back the start of his career. You mm-hmm. ruined Carr's career in in Houston, you know, and and you wonder and you worry about that for a guy like Justin Fields. Um, I know Packer fans don't, but you know that would be the concern, obviously, for Bears management when you're surrounding him with so little talent. You know, what is this going to do long term to Justin Fields? 
Gary, I think the kid's a really gifted young quarterback. And, and I, I thought they hit a home run when they found him in the draft and well, they actually traded up to get him, you mm-hmm. know, two years ago, but um, you know, they, they've just put nothing around him and in, in far and away his best pass catcher from a year ago, you know, Allen Robinson, he, you know, he's now a Ram. So. Hey, by um, the way, sorry to interrupt you, but you brought up Allen Robinson. Where was he in the opener? Well, where was your boy, my man? They're saving them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't show your cards this early in the game. <laughs> not, 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 now you sound like Matt LaFleur, saving guys for the postseason, exactly. right? Or, or, or Craig, Council, sa- Craig Council saving Corbin Burns and Woody for a, for a playoff berth that, 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 that they'll never have in Milwaukee. Uh, boy, are you, a, are you a Brewer hater, man? <laughs> I know where you're coming from, so, but, but with Robinson. Oh, you're, you're right though. On Allen Robinson, he was, invi- he was invisible. What was interesting to me, Gary, in that, in that opener. And again, it, you know, I found it interesting, Gary, you look back at the, at the final four teams from, from the NFC last year, right? Um, it, it was green Bay, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. That group went one and three in the opener. Yeah. The, the only team to win was, was Tampa Bay. It, it just shows you how close this league is, the parity, how things can change in, in one particular offseason. But, no, it, it was apparent in, the, in that game against Buffalo. The only wide receiver right now that Matthew Stafford trusts is Cooper Cup. He doesn't trust your guy, Tutu. He, do, he doesn't no. trust Allen Robinson. Um, he likes, you know, he likes the tight end Higby a little bit, I guess. But, you know, for the, for the most part, he just – he didn't trust those other wide receivers and – other than other than Green Bay, I guess Gary, most NFL teams can take away somebody's number one wide receiver and make the other ones beat them, and that's what Buffalo largely did. I mean, Cup wound up with okay numbers in in that game, but he certainly didn't beat Buffalo like Jefferson beat Green Bay. Correct. Buffalo Buffalo right. took Cup away, and they they tried to make some other people beat them, and and those guys like Allen Robinson couldn't do it. So no, to 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 your question, I don't know where Allen Robinson was. But I mean, the Rams are at Kansas City this week, Gary. I think the Rams are your Super Bowl team. They're they're on the cusp of starting zero and two. I mean, the NFL didn't do them any favorites starting out with with Buffalo and Kansas City, which which might be the two best teams in the league. Yeah, Kansas City came out of the gates. I, I thought it might take them a little while, but uh, you got Andy Reid and, and you got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, you're, you're ready to roll from the get. You know, you know what that coaching staff and quarter that coach and quarterback remind me of. It reminds me of the mid '90s Packers with with Holmgren and and Favre, yeah. and, and they're at similar yeah. points and stages in their lives and and careers. You know, I think Mahomes is in about year five, which is where Favre was. You know, in in '96, and you know, Reed's been around like like Holmgren was. It, it doesn't matter that you lose a Sterling Sharp. You know, back in the mid '90s when you're Green Bay, because. Holmgren was good enough then to, to get Brooks to step up. And when Brooks went down, he got Freeman to step up. And, you know, you, you threw in an Andre Risen, you threw it to the tight ends, you threw it to the running backs. And Favre in that offense never missed a beat, Gary, on the way to that 96 Super Bowl title. Just like I don't think Patrick Holmes is going to miss a beat right now with Tyreek Hill in Miami. They just plug in the new parts. The quarterback is that good. The head coach is that good. And the, and the offense continues to roll. You look at Green Bay right now and you wonder the same question, Gary can the head coach and the quarterback go on and not miss a beat without Devonte Adams. And it doesn't look nearly as optimistic. I'll tell you, Rob, uh, you know, you get gut instincts as a reporter, you know, when you hear people talk, their tone of their voice, what they say, et cetera. When, when Lafleur spoke uh, the other day about the Aaron Jones things, 
I detected he was upset. I mean, legitimately upset. And you don't see Lafleur being upset for the most part. Um, normally, you know, he, he's, you know, pretty laid back, keeps it close to the vest, but something obviously rankled him there. And I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Well, I, I think you'll see a change starting Sunday. You know, I, I think Aaron Jones gets 20 touches in that football game, you know, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. It, it, and you're, you're not wrong, Gary. He was perturbed and he, and he tried to put a lot of it on himself. You know, he, he's not going to be, again, he, he's a smart man. You know, he, he he understands the importance of Aaron Jones to this offense. Right, if, exactly. If he's, perturbed, if he's perturbed afterwards and, he, and he's leaving that out there for the general public to dissect, that's his kind of his disguised way, um, you know, his, a, a way to get a message to his quarterback. Um, and, and to let all a Packer Nation at the same point in time know that is not just on Matt LaFleur, who's given Aaron Rodgers, or I'm sorry, who's given Aaron Jones five carries in that football game. It's also partially on Aaron Rodgers. And maybe no, there were no question. six or eight other plays sent in that were for Aaron Jones, and they wound up being passes instead. And afterwards, you know, when, when LaFleur is looking at the numbers and breaking him down, he is ticked off. And, you know, because the game plan going in, I'm sure in, in a perfect world to Matt LaFleur, was going to be about 50% run and 50% pass. And, and when, and that wound up being about seven out of 10 throwing the football after the game, the head coach had, you know, a lot of reasons to be mad. And, and maybe some of that is on himself. Um, but a lot of that I think is on his quarterback. The question is, you know, does Matt LaFleur have enough, enough house credit built up? Does Matt LaFleur have enough, you know, say in the organization to ever call his quarterback out for something like that? It's just, I don't think that's a war Matt LaFleur is going to ever want to get into, Gary. I don't think it's one he will get into. I, I think the quarterback largely still runs the football team and the organization. And even though Matt LaFleur has 39 wins in his first three seasons, uh, Gary, I, I just don't know if he's got the same house credit built up that Rodgers does. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you have watched a, a ton of NFL games over the years. I've watched a ton of NFL games over the years. But something happened in the Bears 49ers game that I had have never seen, and I guarantee you I'll never see it again. And I'm referring to the field goal attempt by the Bears in the first half where they lined up and their holder, a punter named uh, is it Trevor Gill? I, I can't think of his name. He's a rookie, but he's the holder, he's the punter. Had a towel that he laid at the spot of where the ball was going to be placed for the field goal. And sure enough, they were penalized 15 yards, took them out of field goal position. But have you ever seen that happen? I haven't. No, I, I haven't. It was crazy. There were, the, 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 Gary, there, there were some just flat out crazy things this weekend, weren't yes. there? And it's, it's, it, it, it's why we love this league so much. It's, it's why we watch Redskins, Jaguars, right? It's why we watch. Texans Colts. I mean, for, you know, for Minka Fitzpatrick to block an extra point in that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game to send it to overtime, you, you watch the kicking unfold in that game, Gary, and it was reminiscent of, 
of last year's Packers Bengals game, right? Where, where nobody, nobody could win the game in overtime with, with field goals, right? Boswell hits one off the upright and, and, and the Bengals kicker who was outstanding sends one about 20 yards left. And he looks like the Wisconsin Badger kicker with that. (laughs) Wait a second. No, (laughs) nobody looks quite like that. Okay. All right. That that, that was brutal. I I felt badly for the kid, but that was brutal. I I didn't feel badly for him. He's there on scholarship. (laughs) You got to put it through the uprights. I, I, I joked over the weekend, Gary, that Maurice Drayton found work as, as the Badgers new special teams coach. So, boy, that, that, that was ugly, but no, Gary, there, there were so many remarkable endings and, and finishes weren't there. I mean, New Orleans come back to, to beat Atlanta. I, I think there were, I think there were seven games, Gary, decided by three points or less, you know, around the league. And, and, and one seemed to be, you know, crazier than the other. And uh, no, to, to your point on the bears thing, that, that, that was, that was definitely a first. You, you would have thought they knew that rule. I'm willing to bet that the entire bears coaching staff didn't even know that rule. They're, they're a relatively young group. And I mean, the odds of that happening are just like, I don't know. So slim. I mean, no, I, 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 I'm with you. I'll, I'll just say this, Gary, these, these guys do this, you know, 15 hours a day, 365 days a year. They better know every single rule inside that book. Right. I mean, yeah, these, yeah, half yeah. of these guys still sleep at the office and things like that. I mean, it's a, it's a 24, seven, 365 job. And that was highly entertaining though, that, that particular play. And boy, I, I'll tell you what, Gary, I mean, I, I tweeted it out a couple of times. It was, it was just so good in general to have the league back, wasn't it? To just to have football on Sunday and just the, no, nothing beats NFL. There's just nothing, nothing. No. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, every game does count, and uh, I don't want to go off in the NBA, but when you play 82 regular season games, every game doesn't count. <laughs> you know, same with baseball. You know, but Sunday, I mean, you you got to come out every Sunday at least three quarters of the way through the season knowing you got to win, you know? So, well, and Gary, the NBA reflects that right by, by their superstars taking 25 games a year off. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we wrap it up, give me a quick prediction for Sunday's bears Packers game. Like we had talked about their nine and a half point favorites. Do you think they cover? I do. I, I like, I've hinted a couple times during the, the podcast, Gary, I, I think it's going to be ugly in a route. I I'm going with 33, 10, um, I, I think the defense, which should be embarrassed for what happened last week up in Minnesota, looks like the defense we saw most of the summer. And, um, you know, Chicago does not have a lot of weapons, first of all. And I, I think Green Bay is going to feast on, on that. Now they'll, they'll set the offense up. I think they'll take it away three times in the game, Gary. They didn't have a turnover. I mean, they didn't have a forced turnover in, you know, last week up in, up in Minneapolis, they didn't mm-hmm. take the ball away. And, and I think they'll take it away a few times here uh, this, this on Sunday night against Chicago and they'll set the offense up. I, I, again, Gary, I don't think the offense is going to be great by any stretch of the imagination. I think they'll rely though more on the running backs and, and I think they'll get a couple of short fields, you know, maybe where they put together five play 45 yard drives or something like that to, to go and score. But I think Rogers looks far sharper. Um, you know, um, amazingly Gary, you know, the, the game all of a sudden means way more to green Bay. Than it, than it does Chicago, even though we're in week two and Chicago's got a young coaching staff that obviously wants to prove itself every, every single, you know, time out there, but you know, Chicago getting that win in week one has to, you know, has to, has to feel awfully good about themselves, Gary and, you know, green Bay on the flip side, 
has a, has, has a ton to prove here Sunday night. So I, I, I just think all the stars line up right for, for green Bay to, 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 you know, beat these guys pretty handily. Yeah, I'm with you, partner. Uh, I think they're going to score around 30 points. I think their offense will look much better, you know, partly because they're not playing the Vikings and they're playing the Bears instead. But uh, I think you're going to see that that offense uh, be vastly improved uh, from a week ago. So, Real quick. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Nathaniel Hackett all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got – I got inundated with texts last night. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people know I like, I'm a big Nathaniel Hackett. I but know I'll tell you, you are. what, the guy that matters came to his defense. What else is he going to say, Gary? No, I, I disagree. I think Russell would have downplayed it and, you know, not even probably talked about it, but that, that kicker is pretty darn good. And also Russell did not play well last night. I, I know you look at his body of work and, and you got to give him, you know, the ball, I, I, I get it. But uh, if, if you watched him throughout last night, he, he did not look good for whatever reason. And uh, Gary, Gary, in the history of the NFL, there have been 41 attempts on field goals of 64 yards or longer. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you know, how, you know, you know how many have been good? Yeah. About three. <laughs> Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. 5%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hey, I'm, I'm with you. That is an absolute stud kicker over there, but you know, that at best Gary, let's call that a, a, a 20% kick. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the analytics told, you know, Nathaniel Hackett on that, but you know, I, I would think um, in, in that pressure situation yeah. on the road at best, you're looking at 20%. Well, you know, maybe he thought he was at mile high, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he just got confused there. He, wrong stadium, but uh, I'll tell you what, you want to talk a rough debut for Christian Watson. In Green Bay, yeah. it was much worse last night for Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, he's going to hear about it. That, we'll see him. where he goes from here. Exactly. I, I still, I, I still like that team. I, I think they're going to be good, but we'll see. But uh, again, Ron- again, Gary, again, Gary, that that's another team that didn't play anybody over the summer. Let all their guys sit out, and they got inside the ten yard line, I think, three times and couldn't get a touchdown. Right, and fumbled yeah. it twice at the goal line. I know everybody wants to bubble wrap their football teams, Gary. And I, and I, and I know they want to keep everybody healthy and everyone's terrified of what happened to, you know, a guy like Jordy Nelson back in 2015, losing the stud wide receiver in the preseason, but you, you, you just can't show up after not playing any meaningful football games and show up in week one and think you're going to look good. It just doesn't happen, Gary. And yeah, you know, no, that, and, that, that's fair enough. You know, I, 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 I was happy for Pete Carroll though. He's one of my favorite coaches. Is he? Yeah, and, and and the reason I say that obviously he's had had a fair amount of success as a coach, but I have heard so many good stories about him as a person, and uh, I, I don't think anybody gave Seattle a chance last night. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so so I, I was really happy for that dude. And, uh, and guess what? They're the only team in the NFC West to win a football game last weekend. Isn't that interesting? Arguably the best division yeah. in football, and who's leading it? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. So. Crazy league, Gary. Crazy. Yeah. league. Let, let the games begin. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we uh, crossed the finish line and, and as usual, thank you very much uh, for your hot takes and insight. And uh, also a special thanks to our listeners. Take care and all the best. 
For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWuffle and Wuffle'sPressBox.com. 